So today is our yearly child dedication service, and we have the joy this morning in seeing four of our youngest uh, be dedicated to the Lord. And so uh, Ross and Lauren Elmendorf bring their son Gabriel, Uh, Tim and Barbara French will bring their daughter Molly. Uh, Aaron and Jeremy Gayton will bring their daughter, um, Lauren. And then Andre and Becky Yohokovsky will bring their daughter, Kinsley. Uh, It's just such a special day for these families, these four families who, it's the, the gathering of the four families in a way. And we've been following these families, the four families, for the better part of a year now and and even as I've thought about it over the days, when we, when we use even the term, like the four families, it just reminds me of uh, like some old school mob bosses coming together to discuss the four families and the plans that's going on. But So very, very special day, not only for them, but for us also, because child dedication occurs in the context of the church family. So there are both vertical and horizontal aspects to this as we come together as a church. Now, whenever we do a service like this, uh, I'd like to take some time just briefly to explain what it is we're doing and why. Uh, The word dedication means devotion to a particular person or purpose. So in other walks of life, we'll talk about being devoted to work or school or home, we're devoted to art or music or sports, devoted to our spouse, our children, or our family, and it all speaks to our love and commitment to a particular person or purpose. And in the same way, child dedication is the act of devoting our children to God and His purposes. It's pledging to parent them by faith in God. In fact, it could easily be said that child dedication is more about dedicated parents. Parents who trust God and therefore entrust their children to God. We have an example of this, a wonderful example uh, in Hannah. In the Old Testament, she was devoted to God and therefore she devoted her son to God. When she presented Samuel in the house of the Lord, she said, I have dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And then in the New Testament, we find that even Jesus, when he was an infant, was formally presented to God. So here we have God's own son, essentially dedicated when his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, went to the temple to entrust him to the Lord. So both the Old and New Testaments speak to this very important act. Today I want to consider this passage of Scripture that uh, doesn't specifically say child dedication, but it absolutely captures the essence of it. Titled the message, uh, Bringing Our Children to Jesus. 
And as we walk through these few verses together, I, I want to try to apply it in four ways. Here in Mark 10, specifically verses 13 through 16, we are encouraged to seek the touch of Christ, know the heart of Christ, receive the kingdom of Christ, and enjoy the blessings of Christ. And because God's arms are open wide to even the youngest child, we can come to, all, to Him, all of us, with childlike faith. Let's read this together. Mark chapter 10, and I'll read 13 through 16. And they were bringing their children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for these moments we share this morning. Thank you for the special uh, act we get to participate in today as we dedicate these four children to you. We would just pray for your blessing upon this entire service, upon uh, each of these families upon these children, and upon all of us today. Would you speak to us now from your word so that we might hear your voice? Help us to hear your voice. And help us to respond to you, even as a little child responds to a loving father. Do this, we pray, for the honor of your name and for the good of your people, even now, through Christ. Amen. Crowds had gathered around Jesus, according to verse 1. And by verse 13, people were bringing their children to him. Luke records in his version of this episode, he says that even infants were being brought to Christ. So even the youngest of children were being taken to Jesus, simply we're told, so that he might touch them. Want to imagine the excitement of it all? The, the growing numbers of people, the crowd swelling with anticipation, the sights and and sounds, you can almost see it, you can hear it, the sights and sounds of children as they're running and flocking to Christ. Why all the fuss? Why, why this excitement for Jesus? And it's because people saw in Jesus something different. Something they wanted and something deep down they knew they needed. They saw in Jesus a person uh, unlike any they'd ever met Someone who not only taught about God, but perfectly displayed God's character. They saw in Jesus a presence 
that they just couldn't quite explain and a power they knew that they needed but didn't quite understand. The people in this scene are expressing their need and their desire for Christ. And, and so they sought for their children the, the, the mere touch of Christ. The simple touch of Jesus upon their child's life was worth interrupting whatever they had planned that day. It was all, it was worth whatever, whatever it took. Now, isn't that what we want this morning? The, the touch of Jesus upon our lives. Isn't that what we want for our children? Most every parent wants good for their child. We want what's best for them, so we're attentive to their physical and material needs, their emotional and, and social needs, their, their educational and developmental needs. And, and the reminder here is to be just as attentive and more to their spiritual needs. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just means wanting our kids to enjoy a genuine relationship with Jesus. It involves bringing them up in a God-centered home, modeling for them what a relationship with God is like, praying for and with them, teaching them and, and learning with them what God has revealed in Scripture. It all centers around the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Christian gospel teaches that God is good and that He has created us. He created us for relationship with Himself. Foolishly, though, we chose our own way and our own wisdom and the consequences were catastrophic. Our sins left us in dire need and yet the God of holy love has moved to provide for our need through His Son, Jesus the Christ. As parents then, we must bring our children to Jesus again and again so that they might receive His special touch upon their lives. We want them to draw near to, to Him and Him to them in a personal and a meaningful way. We want our sons, we want our daughters, even our littlest ones to know the tender touch of the Savior, Right? and experience its life-changing effects. And this desire for our children, it, it persists even as our children grow. I know those of you with adult children, you still want Christ's touch for them, upon them. I want to encourage you this morning particularly those who have adult children who may not be walking with Jesus, I want to remind you of the story of, of St. Augustine's mother, Monica. Long before he became a saint, Augustine was as worldly as they come. He was not at all interested in Jesus. He was not at all interested in Christianity. But his mother believed God and kept praying for her son. She refused to give up, even when Augustine gave her so many reasons to do so. Monica uh, dreamed dreams for her son. 
And in one such dream, she was convinced that, that God had assured her of Augustine's salvation. And then when she went to share this with, with Augustine, he accused her of meddling in her life, pushed her even further away, and then moved to Italy to advance his teaching career. But it was there, in Italy, in Milan, as Augustine was running from God, where God grabbed hold of him for good. He used to enjoy these sermons of Ambrose, not because he was interested in Christian sermons, but because Ambrose was such a good communicator, such a captivating speaker. Eventually, though, as Augustine continued to hear the teaching of God's Word, he believed this message he had refused for so many years had finally penetrated his heart. And he believed. Turning from his own destructive way and beginning to follow Jesus instead. And his mother, Monica, who had held, fat, held fast in faith for years, was actually able to be there when Ambrose baptized her son. And so parents, don't give up. Parents of young children. Parents of older children. Parents of adult children. Don't give up. Child dedication is about faith in God. It's acknowledging our need for Jesus. It's seeking His touch, not only for our kids, but also for us as parents too, because His touch upon a life is life indeed. Surprisingly, though, the disciples who should have known better were trying to shut the whole thing down. Verse 13 says, and the disciples rebuked them. Now, maybe they were just trying to protect Jesus's time, assuming that he had more important things to do. After all, the world then wasn't nearly as child centric as we are today. Children were loved, of, co- of course, but families typically didn't arrange the schedule around their children's schedule as we so often do now. I totally get it. As a parent myself, parent of five children ranging in age from four to, 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 to eight to 11 to 15 to 18 I totally understand how we can sometimes, how easily and even unintentionally, the cart can begin to pull the horse. I remember when Sal and I went from, when we first went from two children to three, and then from three children to four, and then from four children to five, people kept telling us that it would get easier. They said it will get easier because you're more experienced and therefore less anxious, and I'm just here to tell you, they lied. <laughs> we are constantly juggling. We tell people when, we, when they come over to our home, welcome to our chaos. And we love it, sometimes. Constantly carrying the underlying anxiety of 
trying to do right by our kids. You know what I'm saying? And yet also carrying this underlying, ever-present guilt that we could always do more. Some of this is because so many parents are trying to keep up with the parents next door or down the street or those they follow on social media trying so hard to live up to the elusive, imaginary perception of the perfect parent. I see those parents whose kids are You'll have to forgive me. This is a little bit of a button for me. These kids are just done up so perfectly. They're just packaged so perfectly. Ugh. Perfect hair. (laughs) Designer clothes. As if every day is a family photo shoot. And meanwhile, we're just trying to make sure that our kids remember to wear shoes. It's how easily we can get swept up into these perceived cultural norms and yet miss what matters most. And parents in the first century, they were guilty too. Children at that time had no say, they had no status. They had no pull or influence. And so, to the disciples' way of thinking, Jesus did have more important things to do. He did have more important people to meet as far as they were concerned. But they were wrong. And in this we discover the heart of Christ. Jesus became angry or Indignant. The word means to show anger or annoyance because of unfair treatment. And so Jesus is angry because the disciples were treating the children and those who brought them unfairly. They were misrepresenting him. They were misrepresenting God and God's character. They were basically saying that God doesn't have time for you unless you are some person of social standing. No wonder he's angry, because nothing could be further from the truth. And so he says, let the children come. Jesus welcomes them, He invites them, He makes time for them, He cares for and He loves them, and He warns all who keep them away, do not hinder them. In other words, stop stopping them. I want them to come. Let them come. There's a lesson for us here, parents. Though we aren't ultimately responsible for our child's faith, ultimately they must trust Jesus themselves. We should never keep them from that which encourages faith. While it's easy to get caught up in cultural norms, the lesson here 
is to help clear your child's path to Jesus. We must embrace our role as the primary faith shapers in our children's lives, especially while they're living in our home. Yes, God involves others, including those in the church. I am so thankful for this because there is a wonderful cementing effect that takes place when, when what is being taught and modeled in the home is, is reinforced by significant people in that child's life outside of the home. But biblically, God has entrusted children to their parents primarily. For better or worse, kids are most likely to take their cues from dad and mom. The home then is the staging ground for the advance of the gospel in your child's heart and life. Sometimes when we think of the Great Commission, we automatically begin thinking of people out there somewhere. But we forget those closest to us, and yet the Great Commission is for parents, too, as mom and dad help make disciples of their children, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. By welcoming these children and warning those who stood in their way, Jesus was revealing God's heart. He was illustrating God's kingdom, it's that it's given to those who simply come to Christ and receive it as a gift. Verse 15, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And receiving God's kingdom is a way of talking about relationship with God. Jesus isn't saying that everyone automatically receives God's kingdom because the Bible teaches that all of us are born with a sinful nature. We're all stained by sin and and separated from God. Sin breaks relationship with God. So Jesus, so important to know this, Jesus isn't romanticizing the innocence of children. If anything, children provide living, breathing examples of our sinful, selfish tendency to think that the world revolves around us. We love them, but children are sinners too who need the Savior. And that's the point. Jesus is drawing attention to their neediness, to their weakness, to their powerlessness, to their inability to earn their way. He's drawing attention to their utter dependence upon another. Children, especially little children and infants like the four being dedicated today are entirely dependent on someone else. They can't provide for themselves. They need someone to provide for them. Therefore, whatever they receive, they receive solely on the basis of grace. That's what Jesus is getting at. Receiving God's kingdom 
means receiving God's grace. And this flies in the face of our self-sufficient, self-reliant tendencies from childhood, right? We are told from childhood, we are told to achieve, earn, contribute, ultimately in some form, deserve. We're taught to impress, we're taught to prove ourselves, but when it comes to the kingdom of God and to relationship with God, you cannot earn it. The only thing we bring to the table is our need and our desire to see it met by God's grace through faith in Christ who loves us, who alone cleanses us, and who welcomes us into His eternal kingdom, not because we earned it, simply by receiving it. Jesus loved and welcomed these little children, and in doing so, He illustrated how we come to Christ with nothing to offer, yet everything to gain. I want that. I want that for Gabriel. I want that for Molly. I want that for Lauren. I want that for Kinsley. I want that for each of my children and yours. And frankly, I want that for you. For me. I want us to know that God is love. He is gracious and rich in mercy. And I want us to go to Jesus without any inhibition, just as we are, to gladly receive Him and His kingdom with the faith of a little child. I want us to see our need for God. One thing parenting has made so clear to me is just how glaring my flaws and inadequacies really are and how real my sins are and how true is my need for God and His grace. I want us to receive God's grace again and again. For as I once heard it said, unless we drink, unless we drink from the springs of living water, we cannot offer living water to our kids. Unless we eat from the bread of life, we cannot speak from experience when telling our children, taste and see that the Lord is good. This dedication service is a reminder to become childlike again. Not childish, big difference. But childlike in the sense that we must all go to Jesus like children and receive from Him the saving, sustaining, sanctifying grace we so desperately want and need. And the passage ends in remarkable fashion. Verse 16 says, He took them in His arms and blessed them laying his hands on them. Now, picture this with me. He took them in his 
arms. Pause there for a moment. Can you picture that? Can you see the scene? Oh, to be in the arms of Jesus, in the arms of God, to be welcomed and loved by Him who is love, to be held and known by Him, to be safe and secure in Him. What joy this is. What peace this must have brought. And so I must ask, do you know? Do you know the joy? Do you know the peace of being a child of God? And you can if you simply go to Him like these little children. Just go. Don't try to impress Him. Just tell Him your need. Tell Him you you want Him and begin to trust and follow Him. That Jesus took these children in His arms and blessed them was favor beyond measure. This wasn't some politician patting little children on the head to merit the favor of the crowd. No, this is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, bestowing favor on those who never expected it and did nothing to earn it. One by one, He held them. And He prayed over them. And he pronounced God's blessing upon them. Isn't it interesting? The parents were expecting just a touch. And Jesus far exceeded their expectations. And he still does. And so for parents and children alike who gather today in this place, For young and old alike, know that Jesus is ready to bless. God's kingdom is open to even the youngest child. And so let all of us go to him in childlike faith. On this child dedication Sunday, come like a little child. Seeking the touch of Christ, knowing the heart of Christ, receiving the kingdom of Christ, and enjoying the blessings of Christ, now and forevermore. Amen.